You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Director of Policy Communications, and with us this week is Ethan Lane of NCBA's Federal Lands and the Public Lands Council. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Ed. Now, you joined us just a couple of weeks ago, um, but I saw your name in the paper a couple of times in the past couple of days on the monuments issue, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to uh, bring folks up to speed on there is actual news on the monuments issue. There is. And, you know, the last time I was here, we talked a little bit about the fact that the Secretary of Interior had uh, finished his report on those monuments that had been ordered by President Trump through executive order back at the beginning of the summer. Uh, we've now in the past few days seen a leaked copy of that uh, get out to the press, in particular, the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal. Um, Obviously, anybody who's been following the news knows that uh, leaks are, are something that have kind of dominated the headlines in, in this current administration. Um, this certainly falls into that same category. It sounds like it was a uh, maybe disgruntled uh, career employee at one of the agencies at Interior that uh, passed this off. Nevertheless, what we're left with is sort of a, a little bit of an inside look at what we might expect from the president. We certainly have a better look at what the secretary recommended to him uh, as far as dealing with these monuments that have been created over the past few decades. Um, and, you know, what we've seen fits with what we've uh, communicated to the administration and in our comments on this review process um, and, and certainly seems to have uh, uh, included a reflection of, of some of our priorities for getting these monuments brought back into line. So what does, um, I know the administration has not officially released this, but according to the Washington Post, what does Secretary Zinke uh, recommend that the White House do? Well, and I want to be careful because, you know, this is a leaked document we're talking about. So, uh, you know, it's not something they've put out uh, uh, publicly. And until they do, this is all sort of still in the realm of speculation. But um, it certainly would appear that they want to uh, uh, reduce that Bears Ears monument that was 1.35 million acres, uh, they want to take as much of a, as a million acres out of that monument, which is uh, right in line with some of the advice we have provided, as well as our, our uh, affiliate in, in Utah and, and uh, ranchers throughout the West. Um, you know, you don't need to take that extra million acre buffer around a monument to protect it. And when you do that, you really disadvantage those local communities that need that agricultural uh, uh, engine to drive their economy. So we, we see that they might take some action there. They might take some action up at Cascade Siskiyou in Oregon. Uh, that's a, a smaller designation, but uh, for the five or so permittees that, that lost their allotments because of that expansion, I guarantee you it's every bit as big as the, as the monument in, in Utah or anywhere else. So uh, we're hopeful. It looks like they're going to take some action there. And, and maybe more importantly, it sounds like we're going to see some language across the board on these monuments that really works to preserve grazing. We've heard for decades now uh, that these monuments aren't going to impact grazing. And what we've seen is the result is, is exactly the opposite. Grazing is reduced everywhere these monuments go into, go into play. So hearing from the administration that they, they plan to try to take some action to ensure that grazing is protected um, is, is music to our ears and certainly something we've been advocating for. Okay, and of course, none of this is official until President Trump makes a final decision on, on what to do with these monuments. But of course, that hasn't stopped a lot of the radical environmental groups from going out there and doing their typical chicken little impression and saying the sky is falling. And if you listen to them, you might think that, you know, this land is about to be privatized and there's going to be a Starbucks and a McDonald's and an oil drill on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Now, that is not true. Can you tell us exactly what this would mean? 
Well, you're right. There is unfortunately no shortage of hysterics from the environmental community on, on this issue. Um, you know, they have levied all kinds of charges against the administration, against against uh, local communities and others. Uh, they're just so desperate for these monuments to, to stay in place because it's this sort of uh, uh, it's this sort of uh, uh, way to, to honor the last administration, in their opinion, and, and uh, what they view as a lot of progress in locking off lands in the West. Obviously, for those of us that operate on those lands, it's just the opposite. Um, you know, when you really get down and, and look at the issue and separate the myth from the fact, uh, there is no change in ownership on any of this land. When a monument is created, it is public land that is that is ha undergoing a status change from normal multiple-use land to a monument status. That monument status then adds additional scrutiny to any use that's taking place inside that monument. If Secretary Zinke and President Trump choose to to adjust the boundaries of some of those monuments and change some of the uh, the uses inside of that that will not change the ownership of that land. There is no federal land transfer component of what we're talking about here. This is simply a change in status. And for most of these lands, what we know is they are already protected both at the state level and federally through a variety of other avenues. So at the end of the day, you're talking about a zero, zero percent change in how these resources are actually protected. It's just there's not going to be that uh, that secondary impact to uh, to neighboring communities that we're experiencing now. Right. And finally, what can uh, ranchers, what can livestock producers, um, not only in the West, but around the country do? Uh, it looks like the main battle at this point is going to be the PR battle. So what can they do on a PR front, on the communications front to spread the word and and fight some of this chicken littleism of the left? Well, that's a great question. And, and you know, all of us that read the news, that read our local uh, newspapers and and no matter where you are in the country certainly here in the in the DC office we monitor that stuff uh, 24 hours a day so we get kind of a steady diet of it um, what we see is a ton of editorials and articles in those local papers around the country I don't care if you're in Elko or in Casper or in Flagstaff or you know anywhere else in the West you're seeing a steady drumbeat in your local paper of, of environmental activists posting their opinion uh, about these monuments. And what we're not seeing enough of is the real story getting out there from, from landowners and ranchers on the ground that, that really understand the impacts of this. So we would really encourage you to engage in those, in those uh, discussions and write a letter to your local newspaper. Tell them why this is so important. Tell them how it impacts your business. Tell them how it impacts your family's business. If your neighbor's impacted, talk about that. Uh, but but get your voice out there and don't be afraid to mix it up. You know, ranchers that are being impacted by these monuments are the experts on this. They know more about the, the fallout from this than anybody else. And the reason they know more about the fallout is because no review was done before these monuments were created. So they're the on-the-ground bellwether. They know what's going on with these monuments. So it's critical that, 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 that everyone out there get out and, and make their voices heard. All right, Ethan Lane, thanks for joining us. Go catch your plane, and good luck at the PLC meeting out in, in uh, Flagstaff this week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef and check us out online at beefusa.org, and check us out on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.